Loved, cherished, comforted. Welcome to the podcast ministry of Our Resolute Hope, where you will find grace, not just a concept or a doctrine of grace, but a person, a person whose name is Jesus, a person who brings hope, a determined, resolute hope that can sustain you and empower you to live courageously in this fallen world. Join us now as we learn more about Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, and our life. Hello again, dear ones. Thanks for joining us here today on the Our Resolute Hope podcast. My name is John Russin. I'm kind of the host, and I'm here with my dear friend, Pastor Frank Friedman. How are you today, my friend? Hey, John, it's a, a good journey. It's good to be with you again, even though a lot of miles separate us. It's been a couple of weeks since we were able to do some recording. I'm glad to have you back. That's right. And we have a new, oh, almost like a new baby in our family. We've got a new book coming out. Can you take a moment and tell us about <laughs> your new children's book? Oh, what a joy, John. I was wrong. But God made me write uh, the testimony of every one of us who's a believer. How that book originally came out is it was how I taught my children. I was sitting down with a whiteboard and I'm trying to teach them what the gospel is really all about. That it wasn't just Jesus dying for our sins so we get to go to heaven someday. But that Jesus doing something to us and for us, uh, making us livable, dwellable again, so that God himself could live inside of us. And uh, John, we put this book out probably 25 years ago, but we decided as a board of ORH to bring our stuff up to date. And so, of course, you were involved in that. Thank you so much. Uh, dear lady, Christine Leone was involved in editing, and it seems weird to edit a children's book, but that's so important. We've got to get the words you know, right, so that they communicate clearly. And so that was a labor of love to redo the language. And then Christine redid the drawings. And we will be, I think we're launching that book uh, later on this week or early next week. I was wrong, but God made me write a great tool to teach children what the good news is really all about. So they'll have a foundation to live courageously in this fallen world. What a joy. So thank you for mentioning that. Thank you for your labor of love. And Christine, thank you so much. That's right, my friend. We both know that the enemy doesn't waste any time in trying to feed our children, even the littlest children, lies. So we too shouldn't waste any time in teaching them the truth. So uh, so friends, check out that book. We've got two others as well uh, that, uh, that are available. So check those all out. Uh, you can find them on our website. And we look forward to uh, a greatly revamped website and a brand new store coming sometime in the very near future. But Frank, we're going to pick up today where we left off last time. And friends, uh, for about 16 weeks or so, we talked about uh, what Frank and I call the one another's, uh, our take on life in the body of Christ. We gave him a name toward the end, like the impossible imperatives. And <laughs> I just want to take a moment, Frank, uh, to go through a list of these uh, impossible imperatives. And we didn't do an exhaustive list. We have 16, which is plenty uh, enough for us to get the picture. So here we go, just to refresh our memory. 
we are commanded to show humility, have equal concern for everyone. We're commanded not to grumble, not to slander. Boy, do we do that a lot. Uh, we're, com we're commanded to, to prefer one another, one another over ourselves, to be compassionate, to greet and accept one another, teach, admonish, be kind to one another, not to judge one another. Boy, that comes apart uh, easily to us. <laughs> to forgive one another, to submit ourselves to one another. Who be patient. And my friend, this is the greatest one. This is the one we ended with. It's to love one another. Now, I want to pause before we dive into our conversation today on the book of Philemon to look into this word love. And I want to begin by uh, saying that we're not talking here about the love that Jesus mentioned in Matthew 22. You remember that passage, Frank, uh, where the, the uh, lawyer came to Jesus and said, hey, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus, you know, he wrote the law, so he knows it really well. He said, <laughs> here it is. You know, he says, love the Lord with all your strength and love others as yourself. You know, that's a pretty high standard, but I tell you what, Frank, the more I think about this, I can pull this off because the standard is me, my strength. Mm. Uh, I can love others as I love myself. So I am the standard. But Jesus said in John 13 and John 15, I'm going to give you a new commandment to love as I have loved you. You, my goodness, Frank, this changes the rules, doesn't it? It throws all those other things uh, that Jesus mentioned sort of out the window because it's old covenant. How is this different, my friend? Oh, you know, it's interesting. When you looked at the law, it was basically calling people to act like God. Um, you know, God is one who uh, loves. God is one who uh, you know, honors and God would never be a thief and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, that was the lie man had believed was I'm going to be like God. So he gave these 10 commandments, which all they are is love. And he said, go love one another. The problem is, of course, we can't because we're not God. There's only one person that is perfect love. And that is a perfect God. So they really refuted the lie that we could be as God. And, and you know, John, that, that first commandment, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, what the Pharisees would do is they would just redefine neighbor. And they would say, well, my neighbor is my fellow Pharisee. And they would pick people that were easy to love. Unless we as Christians get critical of them, we do the same thing. You know, we love the people that are most like us because they're easy to love because in a way we're loving ourselves. But Jesus takes this to a whole new realm. Love as I love. And it's a command because it's a promise that can be fulfilled because he now in the new covenant economy lives inside of us. So we can live from his love. And that's a love that lays down its life for others. You know, John, I think it's a, I, I would add one more thought. This is an amazing thing that the Holy Spirit did. Everybody knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. But not that many people know 1 John 3.16. 
fascinating, same numerical numbers. As the son laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for others. So the call of the gospel is receive the love of God and then go love with the love of God. Not a cheap imitation that you and I manufacture, but the very love of God himself provided for in and through us by the person of God himself, the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you know, Frank, you take that same attitude, that same idea. And uh, if you go back and revisit every one of those one another's that we talked about, and you add this commandment that Jesus gave in John 13 and stick it onto every one of those. And so it comes out like this, be humble, just as humble as I am. Ooh, he's the guy who mm. set aside being God. Be mm. compassionate. Hey, just as compassionate as I am. Mm. Uh, forgive and be patient, just as, as patient and forgiving as I am. Of course, this, this is absolutely impossible unless the one who is complete forgiveness lives in us and we allow him to live that forgiveness through us. So these uh, one another's are not just 16 different commands. They're all different facets of, a, of one single jewel mm. that's centered on that same standard, as I have done to you, so you do to others. Wow. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this really casts us in, uh, in an amazing light because in order to do this, we have to be completely dependent on Jesus and not only dependent, Frank, there has to be no barrier to interfere mm -hmm. with all of these things that he wants to do through us. So it, it really is a call on us uh, for godliness, for holiness, to cast aside everything that ties our shoelaces together, makes us stumble so that we can be full conduits for the life of Jesus. So there's so more to this than just saying it's Christ's life in us. It's how we have to choose to align ourselves in such a way that we don't interfere with that life. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we could harbor a bitterness. We could harbor a selfishness. Uh, what's in it for me? And, you know, one of our good friends, uh, Steve Pettit, I know he has this sort of a mantra, but he says, Jesus did not come to make us successful at anything, but to make us sacrificial in everything. And that's right out of Philippians 2. Uh, you know, do not serve merely your own interests, but the interests of others. Um, exalt one another, prefer one another, have the mindset Jesus had that laid down its life for those that are the object of its love. Yeah, powerful. Uh, it's a supernatural life, you know, John? Indeed it is. Uh, and when you see it, boy, you can't miss it. It sticks out. Mm -hmm. Well, friends, uh, with, with this approach, you know, we've spent 11 minutes already in this introduction, but we're going to dive now uh, into uh, continuing our discussion on the book of Philemon. And why do we spend so much time on this? Because we have to understand uh, that when it comes to restoring relationships, which is what Philemon is all about, uh, we need everything we've just talked about. 
in order to restore relationships. And friends, we don't want to skim over this book. I know that uh, a lot of folks do. It's so small. It's so few verses. Uh, but this is not a quick read. It is a deep look as to how Paul carefully approached a very delicate situation. You know, mm. to be honest, Frank, you and I have talked about this so often in life when relationships, relationships fail, and they do, uh, it's just so easy and so common to walk away and say, well, I'm done with them. Mm. But I tell you, uh, Frank, I ask you to comment on this. How hard is it to choose the other option and stick in the fray and work to restore relationships? I know it's easy to walk away, but how hard is it to restore them? Oh, gosh, that's... Uh... It's hard work, you know, because there's uh, perception issues, there's the sense of being wrong, there's the flesh that uh, wants its revenge, if you will, and that's not of Christ, uh, but there's also the deceiver, the enemy, the liar, uh, there's the sense of betrayal. Uh, I think one of the hardest things, John, is trust that is broken. You know, I've, I've had to tell some people over the years, uh, it's not that you broke my trust that's so hard. It's the fact that now I'm finding it hard to trust you again. Uh, and we know this is very difficult because look at Paul and Barnabas, two mountaintop men of faith. And yet they had a break in their relationship that as far as we know, was never really fully restored in the New Testament. Uh, we know John Mark was restored, who was the object of that breakup, but uh, we don't really know that Paul and Barnabas ever fully restored each other. Tough stuff. Yeah, it is. You know, Frank, you used a phrase in there. You said restoring relationships is hard work. Uh, listen to you talk. Uh, my mind runs back to uh, Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, that God was busy in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And when you mm -hmm. think about it, it took the incarnation of God, mm -hmm. the life and death and resurrection of God to remove every obstacle that was between God and us. You know, when I think about this, I can't even understand all he did, but Isaiah 52 gives me this insight. It says, the Lord has bared his holy arm so that we'll see his salvation. In other words, Frank, God did the hard work. He rolled up his sleeves, so to speak, and went to work to do everything possible to reconcile the world to him. Wow. Mm. You know, and, and we, we think it's hard work to restore. Imagine an entire human race separated from, from you, if you were God, and what you'd have to do to make it possible for them all to come back. Wow. You know, mm. we've talked about this before. You and I, we wrote a little devotional about this. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Well, we marvel at the stars and the sun and the moon and the planets and the universe. But, you know, scripture calls that his handiwork, like he's sitting down in a comfy chair and knitting a sweater. <laughs> but he rolls up his arms and he does the hard work to restore relationships. So if he had to work so hard, this is something that's going to take a lot of our effort. Is it? But we can't do it in our own strength, is, uh, can we, Frank? No, supernatural 
forgiveness, supernatural love, uh, supernatural patience, uh, supernatural tenacity. Uh, because, you know, in the process of restoration, sometimes the other people don't want to do their part in being restored. And so we have to have a tenacity to us to continue uh, in the hard work when it's much easier just to walk away. That's right. And the people with whom we're trying to restore uh, will often fight against us. So it is, yeah. a, it is a difficult task. It truly is. Well, friends, we want to dive back into Philemon now. And uh, we've talked so far about how Paul has approached the, uh, the dynamic the web of restoration he's trying to accomplish. You know, we saw in the first episode that he kept his circle small. He wrote this letter just to Philemon, his wife, and uh, just a few people in his household. Uh, mm. He made the point of prioritizing relationships, Frank. We talked about that before. The issues came second. And then he appealed to Philemon to do what he thought was right. He gave him a chance to see the right path, choose it and own it. Uh, to make it Philemon's determined decision. Mm. But I want to pick up today, my friend, because there's something more that Paul went after. Um, we're talking about restoring relationships, but there's an interesting verse in, uh, uh, an interesting phrase in verses 15 and 16 in the book of Philemon. Let me read this, and this is where we're going to start. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, speaking to uh, Philemon about Onesimus, that you might have him back forever, no mm. longer as a bondservant, more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So to begin with, Paul looks at this not to restore a relationship, but he wants it to be more than that. Uh, because many times God is looking beyond just a restore. You know, when, when I think about this, Frank, when Jesus came, he didn't restore our innocence that we had in the garden of Eden. He gave us his righteousness. He did above and beyond what anybody would have even imagined to improve the relationship between us. And so this is what Paul is focusing on. Um, hey, there might be a, a, a silver lining in this dark cloud, Philemon. Uh, God parted the hedge and he allowed it, but he allowed it because he knew it would bear fruit in the lives of, of, of Onesimus and you and the church that meets in your home. Yeah, he's a slave, but man, he could be so much more. So uh, I look at that, Frank, and say, my goodness, Paul sees and God sees the struggles that we face, and they see not only their resolution, but they see the glory of a complete restoration and improved restoration beyond what we can ever ask or think. Uh, I just look at this and say, wow, what an amazing perception that our father has into all the struggles that we face. Yeah, you know, John, I'm listening to you, and that was the verse that was ringing through my head, was Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do exceed, and look at the superlatives, exceedingly beyond what we can imagine, you know, what we could ask or think. It's superlative after superlative after superlative. 
we might come to this a broken relationship and i've seen this over the years and we're going boy if we could just get past the damage and get back to what we had we have a god who says no that's not my agenda i got a bigger agenda i'm going to make it better than what you had and you know i think sometimes we can build a deeper level of trust, a deeper level of intimacy, um, because we enter into a deeper arena of grace and love shared between us when we get fully honest and fully intimate. And when we've worked through the darkness of the valley of death together, then we're no longer two opponents but we're two people who have put our hand in each other's hands and our hand in God's hand. And when we walk through that deep, dark valley and come out the other side, it's a bond far beyond what we could have imagined. And you look at this little letter, uh, Onesimus, the slave, he steals from Philemon, he runs away. And you know, from an earthly perspective, we would look at it and say, let's bring that slave back and have him bring back what he stole. And God says, no, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, <laughs> and God yeah. says, no, I've got something so much bigger planned. I'm going to use these circumstances. That runaway is going to run into the man you least want to run into when you're on the run. He's trying to hide in the biggest city in the world, Rome, and he runs into Paul, <laughs> gets led to Christ, and now he gets sent back to Philemon no longer a slave, no longer a thief, but who would have thought a brother in Christ and a deeper relationship than any of them ever could have imagined. And, you know, I, I think, John, the thing that I would want our listeners to hear is that instead of fighting against some of those things that come into our lives, we have to learn to receive them as a tool in the hands of the Holy Spirit to go deeper into him, deeper into his love, and then forge deeper relationships. There's a, a verse in Psalm 119 that I've been meditating on lately. It says, all things are your servants, O Lord. So for Philemon, Onesimus was from God. His stealing was from God. Not that God caused all this, but that God's in it and he'll work in it if we receive it with thanksgiving. And I think that's what's happening on these pages before our very eyes. Indeed. You remember, Frank, the, uh, the message that we listened to so many years ago by Pastor Jack Taylor. Mm, and yes, uh, he, he used <laughs> this phrase and it has never left me. Sometimes God's gifts to us are wrapped in dark paper. Mm. And, you know, who wants to open a gift that's not brightly colored and nicely decorated with ribbons and flowers and bows? Oh, no. Who wants to open a gift that's wrapped in black paper? Mm. But, uh, you know, it, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks and we continue, but it takes a, lot, know, of, a lot of courage to step in and, and, and trust for your father to open that gift, doesn't it? Yeah, he is the God that can work all things together for good. You know, John, there's a parallel event in Genesis. There's this guy named Joseph. 
and the brothers sell him into slavery. But Joseph never loses sight of the fact that God is with him. And at the end of the book, when there's this huge opportunity for restoration, Joseph reveals who he is. The brothers are shaken in their boots thinking, "Uh uh-oh, he's become prime minister. Now he's going to avenge what we did. And Joseph makes this statement. He says, you didn't do this. He says three times, God sent me to Egypt. He saw beyond what had happened in the human arena as wrong, which it was, to the God in the supernatural arena who's working behind the scenes to accomplish a depth of love and relationship that's beyond what we could have imagined. And that happened with Joseph and his brothers. And here on Philemon, we're seeing it happen with Philemon and Onesimus. Amazing. Yes, indeed. You know, as listening to you talk, Frank, as I think about it, how would things have played out if Paul had just sent, commanded uh, Onesimus to go back to Colossae, go back to the household, restore what he stole, and then uh, for the rest of his life, he'd be Onesimus, the slave who stole my stuff and ran away. And Hmm. so there'd be he would forever live under that cloud, be branded by what he did. But Paul saw beyond that. He saw the new man that Onesimus had become, and he trusted that Philemon would see past the dark paper and unpack the gift that that Onesimus was certainly going to be to Philemon, his household, and the church that met there. Indeed, he's now a gift to the entire body of Christ over 2000 plus years. Wow. Wow, What a testimony. What an amazing thing that God has done through a gift wrapped in dark paper. My goodness. Mm. Yeah. He could have commanded a restoration to function, you know, as a slave, but he brought about a restoration of relationship. And that's what's so powerful. You know, John, this past Sunday, we were talking about the triune God. And I mentioned the fact that God just is, you know, he's always been, always will be an unbegun God. There's an isness to God. But in the very beginning of his self-revelation, in the very first verse or two of Genesis, he says, let us. So within his isness, there is an usness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he exists in relationship. So our biggest testimony as the church is not that we proclaim the right doctrine, but that they see our usness, the power of relationship that we have, even to overcome wrongs that have been done against us. That could be, John the greatest testimony that we offer to the world. Because when the world is wronged in relationship, boy, we separate and we beat each other up and we punish and we take to court and we separate forever. But what a completely utter contrast to that darkness when people can restore. 
huge. Wow. Uh, yes. That's relationship. Yes, that's the usness of God in and through us as a people. You know, remember the words of Jesus, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you memorize all the verses in the King James <laughs> Bible, right? <laughs> no way, man, that you love one another. Yeah. So relationship is key. You know, I, I look at this and my mind just runs to Revelation 21 when Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. And you and I have talked about mm. the word new, kainos. It means new in quality. And I like the word unprecedented, never before mm. seen. I'm going to do something that you could not even have imagined because that's what I do. God mm. is into new for us, for Philemon, for Onesimus, for every package wrapped in dark paper that's before us. There's a new revelation of our father tucked away in there somewhere. Wow. Mm. What an encouragement. Gosh, I'm just, just meditating on that, John. You know, it's uh, in the early history of the church, we do have in possession letters that the secular unbelieving world wrote about the church and many of them say oh how they love each other and that's what this is really all about of Philemon and Onesimus through the gift of the Holy Spirit who brought salvation to both and brought the love of God to both have now entered into a relationship that's supernatural that the unbelieving world, and I think we could say even the church, would look at the two of them and say, my goodness, we've seen God. We've seen his love, you know? Yes, indeed. And, you know, we need to remember that if we don't choose to embrace that darkly wrapped gift, uh, there can be consequences. You know, listening to you talk, uh, I can't help but think of Abraham and Sarah. You know, God gave Abraham the promise. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you an heir, make a great nation. He's 75. Okay, so he and Sarah wait 10 years, nothing. And then they say, okay, we didn't understand. We're going to start to, we're going to, start to do something different, roll out plan B. So he offers Eliezer the servant. Nah, uh, she brings in Hagar. They get Ishmael. Nah, it wasn't until they gave up their mm. right to see things as they should be in their eyes that God stepped in with the miracle, the miracle baby, mm. the miracle son that was not only an heir, Frank, he was a Messiah, but they had to give up on their own efforts to figure out and fix the problem before God said, okay, uh, is it time for me to step in now? Let me show you what I really meant. And, mm. you know, this, I, I see this kind of dynamic played out so often over the years in my own life and the lives of many of my friends. We just struggle, man. We just really struggle with accepting uh, sometimes what God lovingly gives us. It's, it, mm. it's a tough thing to have the courage to, to trust our father when he gives us stuff that we really would rather not have mm. like you your know, cancer diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. You're forced to depend upon God in a way you never had to, which teaches you and you find God in a way you never knew him. 
you know, you look at Onesimus and he finds a God of restoration, a God of forgiveness, a God who adopts him into his family in spite of the fact that he was a, a thief and a criminal. And then through Onesimus, he draws out of Philemon a love that he never knew he had, a forgiveness that he never could have dreamed possible as Philemon found God in a way he never knew him. And it's all, like you said, by having a spirit of receiving and embracing uh, the circumstances of life and finding God in the midst of them, bringing them to God in faith. That's right. Well, my friend, I've got one more question, uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to sort of wrap this up. But this question I've crafted so that it really works as a segue into the following episodes on this topic. Uh, I call it the $64,000 question. That's how old I am. The $64,000 <laughs> question. And this question I pose to me, to you, to every one of our listeners, are we willing to enter the fray, the nightmare of a damaged relationship and trust our father that should he choose to not only restore it, but make it something more than it ever has been before? Are we willing to step out in courage to do this? Or maybe a step back would be, are we at least willing to be made willing to consider that God might do something else. So that's my $64,000 question. And it's one that only each of us can answer as we face each one of those challenges. But my <laughs> friend, we've covered a lot of thoughts today. Uh, you have the hard job now. Wrap all this up, man, into a nice tidy package with a pretty paper and a bow. Well, I would say this, John, God is a God of restoration. That's what the Bible both Old and New Testament, is all about. And if that's who he is, and he is, and he lives in us for us to experience him and then express him, then we too are agents of restoration. And I think the charge for all of us is Romans 12, insofar as it lies with us, to pursue that peace with all men. Question is, have we done all we can? Uh, I look at that question you just posed, and honestly, uh, there's people I would definitely go, I'm willing to pursue that restoration, and there's others I go, uh, I don't know if I really want to pursue that <laughs> restoration. Yeah. Uh, it's going to require a lot more work, a lot more time, and a lot more wound in the process. It's it's hard, hard work, and I my final caution, John, I wouldn't attempt restoration in any way, shape, or form without God in me. Uh, I, it's not something I would ever attempt by myself and my own resources. I'll, I'll short-circuit the process along the way. That's right. Uh, you certainly will, and we certainly have <laughs> over the years. Uh, but, uh, and if I might add to that last thought, you know, of all the relationships that we have, uh, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to tell us which ones are the ones we need to invest ourselves in. Hmm. Uh, God, only God alone can, can invest uh, in a relationship with every single person on earth. Mm -hmm. But Father will bring across our path those with whom he wants to do this uh, mm -hmm. in us and through us. And uh, those are our jobs. Those are our tasks, mm -hmm. the ones he lays before us. And some, to be honest, my friend, uh, 
Like Jesus said, you're of your father, the devil. Those relationships are, you know, they're at this point outside of a miracle of God in their life. Uh, we can't possibly do anything to restore those. We just have to release to our father. The key is, are we willing? Are we willing to say, yes, sir, not my will, but yours make my path straight. Show me what my next step is. I'm listening. Good word. Good word. Well, friends, thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. You've been listening to Frank and, and me just batter around some ideas that we have from the book of Philemon, focusing on restoration, uh, restoring relationships and making them more than they ever were before. Hmm. Uh, so we are honored that you've taken the time to listen to us. Uh, please uh, honor us even more. Visit our website, OurResoluteHope.com. Uh, you'll find a, a way there to contact us. Please send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We've got lots of resources, newsletters, uh, books, and especially our new children's book, uh, I Was Wrong, But God Made Me Right. Check that out. And uh, of course, follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, uh, whichever podcast home you choose itunes spotify and amazon music and as always we wrap up frank with this same reminder week in week out it comes from hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 that we have this hope as an anchor for our souls peter calls it a living hope uh frank you and i call it a resolute hope that's why we named our little ministry here resolute hope it's a steadfast immovable bedrock kind of hope and it's centered in a person our big brother Jesus, the lover of our souls. So today and always, choose hope and choose Jesus. Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, he offers you himself, his own life. He wants to live his life with you, in you, and through you as you trust him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.